And if you would join me this morning by taking your Bible to uh, turn to Psalms 51, and we're going to look at uh, verses 10 through 12 to start with, and then uh, we'll look at a few other verses in that psalm as well. Psalms 51, if you've got your Bible app, you can uh, open it up, and uh, in the sermon notes, it'll have a blue scripture you can press, or you can press the Bible, either one, and that'll open up for you. Psalms 51, and we're going to start out reading verses uh, 10 through 12. As we uh, turn to those scriptures this morning, and I want to focus on renewing our joy, choices we make, renewing our joy. Uh, a lot of times we think of joy and happiness as being kind of uh, the same, but in reality, joy is something that is deeper. It's uh, something that's even spiritual, and the Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. And yet happiness, a lot of times, is just our feelings about our circumstances or what's going on in our life. Now, joy is something that fills us, F-I-L-L, fills our soul, fills our spirit, fills our life, gives us a real sense of meaning to life. But also, joy is something that we feel, F-E-E-L. Not only does it fill us and fills our spirit and our soul, but it also is something that we feel, and because of that, a lot of times when our circumstances in life change, it affects us. And you know, joy is obviously, the Bible saying the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is a blessing from the Lord. And it's a blessing that the devil wants to steal from us. The joy of the Lord is something that the devil doesn't want us to have because he knows if we got the joy of the Lord, then that's going to keep us motivated in moving forward in our lives and in serving the Lord. And so the devil wants to come and steal that joy, but based on how that a lot of times we make choices about circumstances in our life will determine whether we're really feeling, F-E-E-L, feeling that joy in our life. There was a lady uh, that I read a story about one time that sadly had cancer and had been battling cancer. And with that cancer battle, she had had chemo, she had had radiation, and many in our church understand that and know the effects of that. And she had been uh, weakened physically. She had uh, been losing her hair to where it was almost all gone. And she was really feeling beat up. And because of all that was happening with her, she uh, began to sense that her attitude was becoming somewhat bitter about what she was going through in life. And when she kind of realized that, she thought, I, I don't want whether this whether I'm going to be healed or whether I'm not, I don't want to go through my life ending with bitterness. And she made the choice that from now on, I'm going to choose that every day when I get up, it's going to be a good day. She said, not only is it going to be a good day, no, it's going to be a great day. And so that uh, night she went to bed, got up the next morning. She woke up and she said, today is a good day. Today is a great day. It's going to be a great day for me. So she got up, she started getting ready, and as she was getting ready, she went and looked in the mirror and something that she didn't really look forward to because of losing her hair, and she looked in the mirror and kind of looked closely, and all she had was about three strands of hair that was left on her head. And she was thinking about, today's going to be a good day. She said, you know what? I've always liked my hair braided. I'm going to wear my hair braided today. And so she did that and went through the day with her three strands of hair and had a good attitude throughout that day. And as the day ended, she thought today was a good day. She got up the next morning and woke up, getting ready, looked in the mirror, and now she was down to just two hairs on her head. She thought for a second and she thought, you know what? I've always liked pigtails. They make you feel young. She said, I'm going to go with pigtails today. And so she went through that day, had a good attitude, and the day ended, and she said, today was a great day. And she went to bed, woke up the next morning, got up, was getting ready, looked in the mirror, 
and she only could find one strand of hair left. She said, you know what? Today is a great day for a ponytail. She said, I like ponytails. And so she went through that day. And when the day ended, she said, today is a great day. She went to sleep, got up the next morning, getting ready for the day, looked in the mirror, and she could not find a strand of hair anywhere on her head. And as she looked in that mirror and thought about her baldness, she thought, good. I didn't have time to mess with my hair today anyway. <laughs> now, some can laugh at that, and some that have been through that, not sure whether that's a thing to laugh about or a thing to struggle with. And whether that story is totally true or not, I don't know, but it does bring to the realization to us that how we respond to things in our life, what our choices that we make and the choice of how we see life affects us greatly and affects how whether we're going to feel and be filled with joy in our life. And in the scripture we're looking at in Psalms 51, which is uh, most people credit it to David who became king. He was a shepherd boy. He became king and he made a mistake in his uh, kingdom reign and had a uh, adulterous sexual relationship with Bathsheba. And because of that, sin came into his life and a lot of turmoil came into his life for, for some period of time. And he felt appears that in this psalm he was writing, King David was known, even when he was shepherd boy, to write songs to the Lord and to sing to the Lord. And it's, as he penned this, was as he was penning how that he felt uh, the sin in his life and what it had done to him and how that it had taken away his joy. And I want you to look at what he says in Psalms 51 and verses 10 through 12. He says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me with a willing spirit to sustain me. And this, uh, David is saying this psalm and he's revealing how that at that moment he has felt like he has lost his joy. The joy has been stolen from him. But he's asking the Lord to, to restore that joy, to renew that joy in him. Matter of fact, you'll see in those scriptures that I read, there's a word renew and there's a word restore. And both those words carry the meaning of having experienced something and wanting it brought back into your life. Something that you had at one time, but it's like that has been taken away from you, has been stolen. And so with the sense of renewing his spirit and restoring his joy of his salvation, David is pouring out to God and asking God to bring a sense of joy back in his life that would fill him, F-I-L-L, -L, but he would also feel, F-E-E-L, -E feel the joy of the Lord. And I want to give you this morning uh, kind of an SOS when the devil may be trying to steal your joy through his clever and crafty ways of coming into our life with either circumstances that he's trying to tempt us with or circumstances he's trying to beat us down with. So once you think about the letters SOS, most everybody knows that SOS is the international symbol for help, I need rescuing, come to me. And I want you to think about these joy stealers in the form of SOS that the devil will sometimes bring into our life. The first S stands for sin. If we were to read all of this Psalm 51, all, I think it's 19 verses of it, if we read all of those verses, we would see very clearly that David is pouring out his heart to God and he's asking God to cleanse him, to wash him, to remove the sin in his life. And so David is not in this psalm trying to act like he never had sinned, but he's trying to pour out his heart to God and saying, I have sinned. 
And it's very obvious that through the reading these scriptures that David is revealing that sin has been a joy stealer in his life that has come into his life and has been taking the joy away from him. And David realized that the sin that had come into his life was when, as a king, he had one night went out onto the top of the palace and he had looked out and he saw a lady named Bathsheba that was out bathing at the river and he saw her nakedness, he saw her beauty, and he had her brought into him and he had a sexual relationship with her. And that sexual relationship brought sin into his life, sin into his palace, sin into his family, and it began to have the effects because of David taking that action. And so... As David is pouring out his heart to God and he's asking God to renew a steadfast spirit within him to restore his joy, David knows without a shadow of doubt, he's sending out this SOS signal to God, I know that sin has stolen my joy. And isn't it ironic that when most people in the world today think of something that would fall into the category of what we call sin, and sin it's not what necessarily cowboy defines sin as or what I define sin as. It's what God's word defines sin as. And the Bible, the word for sin is to miss the mark, which means when you and I in any way are missing the mark or not hitting the target of what God wants us to live our life in a certain way, then that's sin in our life. Sin can be a sin of commission. That's when we commit something that God has told us not to do. When God has told David clearly in his word to not have a sexual relationship outside of marriage, that's sin. When you steal something that's not yours, that's going against the Ten Commandments. And we could go through a list of a lot of different things, but when we are going against God's word and God's will for our life, that is sin that has come into our life. And the devil loves to bring sin into our life as first a temptation because sin first looks good, don't it? If we talked about most sins that people have experienced, it's not usually like, oh, sin, yuck, ah, terrible, I don't want to get in sin, and then I got hung up in it. It's usually a temptation that seems like it's either something that will give you some relief, or it'll take some pressure off your life, or maybe it's going to go in a direction that you like better than maybe what God's wanting for your life, or maybe it's something that you think, this is going to make me feel good, it's going to relax me, it's going to bring some joy into my life. And so the beginning of sin is usually something that gives you a sense of feeling good. But the end of sin is always something that robs you of feeling good. It takes that joy out of your life. And so when you think about joy stealers that the devil can bring in your life, that SOS signal, I think that want you to think about the first S representing sin and how that the devil will sometimes bring sin into your life to make it seem like something that is joyful and something that will feel FF. F-E-E-L, feel good, but the end result is always something bad that David found out. It will steal your joy. The O out of the SOS is obstacles. Many times the devil will bring obstacles in our life that is preventing us from getting to where we want to be or causing us not to be able to accomplish the things that we want to be able to accomplish. Maybe it's holding us back in some way. There are obstacles that can come in all different forms. Maybe something didn't happen that you thought was going to happen. Maybe something came into your life unexpectedly that kind of just knocked the wind out of you or set you back. But obstacles can come into our life. And if we were to look at David's life, not only in this psalm, but look through from when he was a shepherd boy to his life ended, David had a lot of obstacles that he faced. The first one that we recognized was when he was just a shepherd boy and he faced the giant, didn't he? And sometimes giants or obstacles that come in our way seem awfully big, don't they? 
They're too big to overcome, too big to pass over, and it can make us feel like there's no hope, and so we lose our joy. David not only had that obstacle that started out as a shepherd boy that was a giant-sized obstacle, but he also had obstacles in his life as he was a king, where things came into his life that was family turmoil from everything uh, to where there was sexual immorality within his home, He had his son turn against him. There are many things that caused obstacle to him being the king that he wanted to be and the king that God wanted him to be. And those obstacles were joy stealers. They can be the same way in our life. Obstacles come in our life and we just think, this is too big, I can't handle it, It, I can't get beyond it. And it begins to give us a sense that we're losing our joy and stealing from us. And it's an obstacle that the devil brings into our life. And when those obstacles come in our life, we got to do kind of like David eventually learned, and that is we got to just keep pressing forward. SOS, sin, obstacles, the last S in SOS is suffering. Suffering can come in a lot of different forms. Suffering can be physical, that uh, causes us to feel like we're just physically in pain and feeling miserable. If I'm looking back at Ray, I was talking to Ray the other day, he called me and he he thought he was going to get to have some surgery for his back and get some relief and thought he was going to have it Saturday. Then he found out his heart doctor won't release him for that for Saturday and and that uh, the next time he can get uh, the heart test that he needs to be uh, needs to be done so he can have the surgery is going to be February the 6th, is that right Ray? February the 6th and you can imagine Ray's feeling pain, he's feeling agony, he can't hardly get around and then they say, "All right, we're going to have to put off for a few weeks." That's kind of a setback. He's been suffering physically, and now the suffering's going to go on prolonged, where he thought he's going to have this surgery Saturday and have some relief and feel better today. Suffering can come physically, it can come emotionally, where we feel like, just like David, where he's, his own son turned against him and tried to take the kingdom away from him. And those uh, turmoils within our family can be things that bring suffering in our life. And when suffering comes in, we begin to question does God care about me? Why is God allowing these things to happen in my life? And when these things of suffering come into our life, it can drain us and be joy stealers. SOS, sin, obstacles, suffering. These are all just kind of a few things that we can look at and say, these are joy stealers. And I hope it's something that you can kind of keep in your mind. That when the joy begins to slip, you can ask yourself that SOS. Is there sin in my life? Is there obstacles that I'm allowing to hinder me? Is there suffering that I'm allowing to kind of take away my joy? And send out that SOS signal to God. But I said there's not only joy stealers. We've got to understand what steals our joy, don't we? But there's also joy feelers. Things that can fill us with joy and bring joy back into our life and give us that sense that we're not being defeated. And you know, I told you about the story of the lady with the battle with cancer and how that she had felt like that everything was going against her and she became bitter, but she made the choice she was going to change her attitude. She might not could change her circumstances, but she could change her attitude. And you know, that's a lot, a lot of times true in our lives. We may not can always change our circumstances. We can pray and ask God, and if it's within his will, hopefully he will change those, but... Sometimes there's a different plan, a different purpose for the path that we're going down in life. But I want to give you three R's this morning that can be joy fillers to put the joy back in your life. And for David's situation, the first R would be repent. Repentance is a joy filler that can bring joy back into your life. 
If I were to look at this, I want you to listen for just a moment as I go back to what David is saying in the beginning of Psalms 51. He says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sins. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me and against you You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Here David is just repenting out to God and if we read through all these verses, we'll see that he's not trying to cover up anything. He's not trying to make any excuses. He's not trying to blame on somebody else. He's not saying, listen, I was on my palace roof just looking out. What was that woman doing out there where I could see her bathing naked? He didn't start trying to blame her, but he just repented, acknowledged, and agreed with God that what he had done was a sin. You know, a lot of times we try to justify or blame somebody else because of sin in our life, and we don't feel like we need to repent of anything. We feel like that somebody brought some problem in my life and it pushed me to that level, or somebody created a temptation that should not have been there. But as I've read through the Bible, no matter what comes in our life, God ultimately holds us accountable for our decisions and choices. No matter whether it's been based on a temptation that came or whether it's something that's been brought against you, that's brought you to a breaking point, every one of us ultimately has to make our own choice of how we're going to respond to it. And David realized that. He's acknowledging, he's agreeing with God, and he's repenting of his sins. And the Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, here's the good news. Because the Bible tells us we've all sinned, hasn't it? We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then if you go on through the Bible and you come to 1 John 1, 9, the Bible says, but God is faithful and just to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness, to forgive us and cleanse us. So it makes no difference what my sins have been, what your sins have been. God is faithful to forgive us of our sins. And so when we come with repentance, that brings joy back into our life. It was the first step that David made Matter of fact, uh, David, before he acknowledged that he had sinned, he had to be confronted by a prophet of God. But when the prophet revealed to him what he had done and the fact that it wasn't hidden, that God knew about it, he knew about it, David didn't try to cover it up. He just repented of his sins. He didn't wait for somebody else to do something. He just repented of his sins. Three R's to remember. The first one is repentance. And repentance will turn things around in your life and bring joy back into your life. The second R is resistance. The Bible tells us in James 4, 7, it says that if we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, he will flee from us. And so the Bible's making it clear that that we've got to resist the devil. He's going to come against us. There's no doubt about that. And we've got to resist him. So we've got to stand with him. With that. The way the scripture's worded about that two significant parts of submitting yourself to God, which means that you just basically yield yourself to God and say, God, I may not fully understand why this is coming in my life. Or you may say, God, I know that I've gone against you and I need to turn things around and put myself under your word and under your will for, your, for my life. But when you do that, then that begins to empower you to where you can resist the devil. And that's why the Bible tells us that we are to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and then the devil will flee from us. There are some people that just say, all right, if you're having a hard time from the devil, just say, I rebuke you, devil. But I would tell you this, that if you're living in sin and you try to rebuke the devil, he's just going to laugh at you. 
There's got to be some power behind that rebuke. There's got to be some substance that has some meaning. And the Bible is very clear that the devil is most fearful of the name of Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ. And so if you're going to rebuke him, you better make sure you're covered in the blood, that you're cleansed of your sins, that you've acknowledged that. So repentance is a joy feeler. David is very clear that as he's repenting to God, he knows that that is what will bring and restore the joy in his life. Repentance, resistance, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The last of the three R's I would give you is reliance. And that is just rely on the Lord and he will fill you with that joy. Relying on the Lord is when you know that you personally cannot defeat the devil, that you don't have the power within yourself. But one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That verse doesn't say I can do anything that I choose and want to do, but it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it gives me kind of two categories to realize if I'm going to be able to stand against the devil and rely on the Lord, and that is that I've got to understand that it is him, the Lord Jesus Christ, that gives me strength. It's not of my own personal strength, physically, mentally, or emotionally, but it's the strength that the Lord brings into my life. I can do all things when I have Christ's strength in me. And so those things that I can do have to be strengthened by the Lord. If it's going to be strengthened by the Lord, then it's got to be something that's within God's will and his word for my life. And so if we're going to have those things that bring joy back into our life, when we're in that state of SOS, God, come help me. When sin or obstacles or suffering has hit your life and it just seems to be taking away the joy of your life, then turn to the three R's, not reading, writing, and arithmetic. Figure out how arithmetic got that R. But it's repentance, resistance, and reliance. That is what will bring joy back into your life. Repent of what sins you have. Just get to where you can resist the devil and then rely on God to give you the strength to make it through it. Today, that woman chose, that I told you the story about, she chose that on that next day, it was going to be a good day, it was going to be a great day. Did you notice that through that story, her circumstance changed, but they didn't change to the better. But in spite of her circumstances, she chose that she was going to have a good day. And she was filled with joy. Renewing your joy is about the choices that we make, not the circumstances that we're living in. Lord, we come to you today, and Lord, as the musicians are coming to get the invitation ready, Lord, sometimes circumstances, events, situations hit into our life that kind of makes us feel like we need to send an SOS up. Help me, Lord. It's when we feel that sense of needing to send an SOS up that we need to ask ourselves the question, is the SOS in my life, is there sin, is there obstacles, is there suffering that I'm allowing to steal my joy? Has the devil came into my life and brought temptations or struggles or storms in my life that I'm allowing to take away my joy? And it was with that that we need to stand against the devil and get the victory. And sometimes standing up to the devil may be repentance. Sometimes it might be resistance. Sometimes it might just be reliance, just relying on the Lord to give you strength. But Lord, I come to you today lifting up everyone that may be in a struggle in their life right now, feeling like that that their joy has been stolen. And, And they can relate to David when he said, renew a steadfast spirit within me, something that is stable, 
When David said, renew a steadfast spirit within me, he was saying, Lord, let me get back to a point of strength and stability in my life. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Lord, let me, let me get back that feeling and that feeling inside of me that was the joy of the Lord that gives me strength. And Lord, we know that if we ever lose that joy of the Lord, we're going to get beat up. We're going to be defeated. And so, Lord, I'm praying right now that for anybody that may be personally facing cancer in their life, may be facing some obstacles, some things that are preventing them from being able to move forward or has caused them to kind of feel like that there's no hope for them, for those who may be going through some suffering in their life that uh, is causing them to just feel like they've been knocked down, beat up, just left defenseless with no hope. Lord, wherever it may be, God, I pray that you just help them to renew the joy of the Lord in their life. Because, Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's the strength that enables us to go through the storms and stand strong. It's the joy of the Lord that enables us to be able to face the trials of life and still be able to smile when something, something fun or enjoyable happens in our life. And so, Lord, I'm just praying, God, for each one of us, whatever obstacles we're facing, whatever suffering we're going through and Lord especially for anybody that may have sin in their life that they need to repent of God that you'd help us just to come to the point of realizing where we are in that SOS and what we need to do to either repent to resist or just rely on you just to put it all on the table and Lord you even said to bring all of our trials our struggles the things that we're struggling with to bring them to you and take your yoke upon us to to tag up with you because your burden is light. And so, Lord, we pray, God, that for somebody who may just feel like they're loaded down and defeated, feel like they got more than they can handle right now, Lord, I pray that they'll be able to just bring that and lay it at your feet. Lay it upon your shoulders and let you help carry that weight and just rely on you to give them strength. Strength to get the victory, strength to submit to you, strength to be able to press on when things seem so difficult. So, Lord, we are asking you today, wherever the different people are, God, I know that there's a lot of different circumstances in people's lives today. Today in this service, there's some who are elderly, some who are young families, some are just kids and teenagers. But, I, Lord, I know that for every age, there are struggles and trials and temptations in every age group in this service. So, God, I pray that you just bring some encouragement to let them know, hey, I want to be the joy of the Lord that will give you strength. If you're struggling with sin, I want you to know that I am faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all that unrighteousness. Lord, we're so thankful that not only do you forgive us and cleanse us, but you set us on a path to have victory in our life. So right now, while their music's beginning to play, maybe you need to just come and kneel at the altar right now and just lay some things at God's feet. Maybe you need to come and ask for strength, but if you need something in your life and you need to come and pray, know that these altars are open to you and not only are they open to you but there'll be some in our church family they'll come and pray with you and lift you up you won't be left alone so whatever God speaks to your heart that you need to respond to him whether it's repentance or just come and just get some reliance on the Lord to give you strength you respond to him and Lord we're going to give you the praise and honor and glory for that Lord there may be somebody here today that maybe has never accepted you as their personal savior maybe they're not saved and I wouldn't want to end this service talking about sin and repentance without giving an opportunity to 
accept you as their Savior. So today, if you're unsure of your salvation or maybe you know that you've never been saved, would you pray this prayer in your heart? Dear Lord, I feel your Holy Spirit speaking to me. Lord, I know I've made some mistakes in my life. But today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Now, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you pray that prayer with me, you made the most important decision in your life. And I want to rejoice with you. So if you prayed that prayer, would you just slip up your hand and just say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer and I really meant it this morning. Would you pray for me? If you prayed that prayer this morning, would you just slip up your hand for just a moment? Nobody else is looking around. Maybe you're a Christian today and maybe you're struggling with some things in your life and you just need some prayer. You want me to pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand and just say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Yes. I see those hands. Yes. Lord, I lift up to you those who have raised their hands. And Lord, God, you know every life and you know exactly what they're going through. And Lord, I want them to know that I love and care about them. And Lord, I want to lift them up to you. So God, whatever their need is that you know about, God, that you would bring strength, encouragement, guidance, bring along other people into their life that can be a help and bring some extra hope into their life. And God, I pray that they'll know that you love them, that you want what's best for them, and that you're going to be with them because you said you'd never leave us or forsake us. And Lord, we're going to thank you and praise you for all that you do. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.